your girl. <laughs> what, what do you say? It's your boys. Oh, uh, you know, because it's me and Pat. I, um... I think we're a little old, actually, to be carrying this on. We get, like, you have an imaginary friend named Pat. I get it. And it was, like, cute for the first year that I knew you, but now it's just, like, we can just let it go. We get Listen, it as a joke. It's I funny. have been doing this podcast with my friend Pat for since October. So you're telling me that I've been doing this alone by myself? This is all in my head? Um, I'm not telling you that. That's for a shrink to be telling you, but I'm telling you it's probably unhealthy and you should get some help. And maybe some real friends. I'm your friend, Drew. You are. Yeah. So, this is going to be a very interesting episode. we got our first girl on. Woman. woman sorry. <laughs> uh, female. She's got uh, lady parts. <laughs> uh, Last time I checked, this is true. She's a lady. Oh, God. Did you, get, did you hear something? I thought I heard something. Um, okay, so we got we got uh, our six topics in. We're going to talk about how Brent and I met. Uh, it's going to be our first topic. We're going to talk about her side of the bed, a film that she's working on. She wrote and directed. Uh, we're talking about uh, women in film. We're going to talk about the real 90210 because Brynn knows all about that. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about child acting because she got into that when she was a child. Obviously, the only way you could do that. <laughs> uh, and then we're going to have a special number six. We're going to talk about Utah. We're going to leave that vague until we talk about it later okay. in the final ten minutes. Um, so, the reason why we're bringing up how, uh, why Pat is a imaginary friend is because when Brenda and I first met, she always assumed that I didn't have any other friends. And that I mean, I still kind of, I mean, how long have we known each other? Two and a half years? Yeah. I still kind of assumed that. Yeah. It, it became this whole big thing because he keeps, he's like, yeah, I'm at the beach getting drunk with Pat and drunk driving home with Pat. I'm just kidding. He never said that. <laughs> he might have said that. And, um, and I'm like, Drew, you're an alcoholic. You're by yourself at the beach. Yeah. Get some help. And he would send me, <laughs> and he'd send me pictures of him and Pat and it's just him with his arm around like nothing, <laughs> just like this. And, and he's like drinking a tub of margaritas with Pat. I'm like, Drew, why? Yeah. So, um, for the past two years, it's been a running joke that Pat is my imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. I know you're real now, Pat. This guy. I just like to pretend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So real. You, you <laughs> so real. So real. So real. That we even started working together on, on Brent's stuff. We worked on her mm-hmm. side of the bed. We'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, yeah. So, let's talk about our origin story, how we first met. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, this is um, almost three years ago now, actually, because Lauren's birthday is coming up. So, it was the end of March nearly three years ago and it was my friend Lauren's birthday and she had a birthday party at her house but she doesn't you know she doesn't have like a ton of friends so it's kind of more of a kickback and uh, it was like a Lebowski themed party we were drinking white Russians you can only drink so many white Russians you know I had three then but my, milk. milk, yeah. I'm just like so we literally can only drink it, so much milk. So or my, puke. Yeah, I, I mean, if it was almond milk, that would have been another story. But I don't know. I, Does the milk challenge work with almond milk? I don't even. Uh, I don't know what the milk challenge is, and it sounds really gross. And I don't like re- a human can only drink like less than a gallon of milk before they literally puke. Oh yeah. Can I come back on to the podcast and can we do that challenge and just have Pat oh, do it? I totally want to. I, I was thinking about Ooh. it. We need to try it. No, Ooh, we don't. Yeah, I'll do it. I, love I, milk. I fucking I hate, hate milk, milk. so I'll, I'll do it. Alright, so you're, you're at the story. White so, Russians. The white, white Russians. It's the end of the night. I'm sober already. There's like three people left and I'm ready to go home. And she's like, no, I want to go to the bar. I want to get one more drink. And I didn't feel like it. I didn't, hey, I didn't, I didn't want to, but I was, you know, I'm a friend. I was like, okay, we'll go get another drink. I'm not trying to start drinking again. I'd already been drunk and then sober. Mm. So we go to the bar and I needed something to pass the time. I needed a mission. 
And so I said, Lauren, what would make you happy? You want some birthday dick? She birthday. nodded. Yes. Uh, uh, I, will, I will get you some birthday dick. So I had a mission. I, I was excited. So we're there. We go to the Surly Goat, which is a bar in West Hollywood. And we're walking around, and I'm, you know, scoping out the dudes. And I see two guys together. I see Drew and mm-hmm. Drew's friend Matt, who is definitely Lauren's type. He's, like, tall, blonde, model, handsome. Mm-hmm. and uh, The exact I, opposite of me. The exact opposite. <laughs> Well, not my type, but Lauren's type, you know. And um, I, I look to her. She nods. I approach them. Hello, gentlemen. Nice to meet you. I, uh-huh. I introduce Lauren and Matt. And, and then... You, you know, your boy loves attention, so oh, he was dude, all too much. It. Is that literally how you, that's, you walked yeah, up? That's literally how uh, I said, I said, hello, I gentlemen. This dude just was up. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Most interesting person so far tonight. Oh, and I was already drunk, so... Of course. I, I remember you texting me, like, yo, this chick... Just came out to me with the weirdest intro. Mm-hmm. And didn't you... You did something weird. Something weird happened well, that you told me. Well, Drew and I... We, well, we were... You and I were both the grenades, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. We were just like... <laughs> yeah. So, sure. we... Yeah, we... Uh, we were entertaining each other, and I asked what you did, and he said... I was an editor, and I was really good. And no... The whole reason why Matt and I are out is because Matt's a male model. Like to to emphasize what she was saying about how good he looks, and he was on the front page of Yahoo. So we were like celebrating. Oh, he was on the front page of Yahoo. Yeah. Wow, well, wow, what, that's just, still cool. That's a top really for cool. a male model. That's like, I'm sorry. That's like the number ten search engine. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. I like just to give you guys an idea. I, I know that I'm the first woman on oh, your, yeah, yeah. on your podcast, and let me just say that not all women like dudes who look like that. Yeah. I personally am not a Attracted to dudes who are just like too chiseled and good looking. It's not my thing. I can appreciate that they're good looking. I can appreciate that it's like art sure. and beautiful, but I, I don't want to fuck them. FYI. Makes so. sense. Good for you. Good thing. Thanks, 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 Pat. Thanks for telling our male audience because, you know, we all <laughs> about the men. It's a boy. So then. So then we uh, we went back to Lauren's place, which was, you know, because how is she going to get birthday sex at the bar? We had to go back to her place. Hell. We go back to her place. Oh, and he said, Drew's like, I am an editor and I'm really good. And I said, oh, I'm starting to work on this film, Her Side of the Bed. This is three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, oh, we need an editor. We should, we should talk. So we exchanged cards. And although he didn't seem like super wasted, I, I could tell that he was drunk. So I wrote on the card, I said, dear sober Drew... Call me. me. Yeah, call me when you yeah. call me when you get this. We need to talk business, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And I saw it the next morning. Yeah, you called and told me like, "Hey, this chick gave me a card that yeah. said call me." And this was like, this is the epitome of what you expect to happen when you first move to LA. It's like oh, meeting yeah. somebody and working like at a bar and then getting to work with them and all that stuff. You exactly. had been there like how how long have you been in LA? Just for maybe, a little while. Yeah, maybe three months. That was your first year, for sure. So maybe three months, I think. Yeah. And uh, that so you actually lived here. Yeah, you'd been here. I had just moved into that place in Hollywood, and mm-hmm. I'd gotten that play because Matt and I were in a play together. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I saw that play. It was you went to that play. <laughs> the one in yeah, she, yeah. You went there. I went to that play. Your boy went. Um, <laughs> your boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just talk about that play for one second. Drew okay. was really good, mm. and Matt was the main character, and mm. he was. So is he going to listen to this? Can I, can I, I be know. honest? You can you can be honest. Fuck it, Matt. We're going to put so, you on blast. Matt, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're a very nice guy. Oh. He was... You just awe yourself? He was... Oh, no, I, well, I, like... <laughs> oh, that's so nice. No, judging by that. the rest of the of the Lauren's <laughs> birthday story, I don't know how much of a nice guy oh, he no. is. But, um... 
She knows the behind the scenes. <laughs> so he was so bad that I thought it was a joke. Like, I thought it was meant to be, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Oh. As I, I kept saying, is he serious? He can't be serious. He's not serious. But I, but he was serious. Yeah. And it was... Um, Unfortunate. But Drew was great. Yeah. Thank you. I, Drew was good. Um, I didn't go... Me and the wife went to the play. and The fiance at that time. Oh, at that time, yeah. The, the fiance. Actually, Actually, not even fiance at the, the time. The goof. Mm. But, uh, yeah, she was like, yo, was it supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> yeah. Legit. Uh, and I was, I told Drew later on, and he was like, bro, no. no, no. <laughs> bro, so, no. No, it, um, so not be a comedy. That, that I, theater was small as fuck, too. It only fit, yeah, like, 20 it, people. It was an interesting experience. No, it fit way more than 20 people. There's, like, 100 people. Maybe. No, that place How is smaller many? than this room. It's 50? Okay. 50 max. But, um, but, yeah, so we met. Uh, because of her size because of that, which is which is this film that you are writing, you wrote, you directed, you acted in, you starred in, and you uh, are you produced. Yes, I co-wrote it with Chelsea Morgan, um, and and everything else you said is true. Um, yeah, and we just wrapped. What was it last on Sunday? The other day. Sunday yeah. we wrapped finally after. Chelsea's the other lead. Right? Chelsea's the other so. lead. Yeah, she's she's actually she's. She is. I'd say she's the lead. Yeah. Um, it's it's more her story, but we both, okay. you know, we we're both yeah. the leads. I don't know. Who knows? We watched it. It's film. about y'all. It's about yeah. us all. So. Well, from the days I was on, it looked like you guys were the leads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So why don't you give us the elevator pitch? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Gear it up. Throw it in there. <laughs> I need eight more beers for this. Okay. There's that many on the there's six on the table. Alright, they're all mine. Her side of the bed, uh think blue is the warmest color meets girls. And it's about a young woman named Rachel Nolan, recently dumped twenty something writer. Ooh, off to a good start. Twenty something writer living in New York. She moves in with her best friend Nicole, who vows to get her over her heartbreak by any means possible. But okay. then the two best friends share an intimate night. And their friendship is forever changed. Ooh, sounds Ooh, good. La, la. That's a good album. When, when, when are we you. looking for this to be done? I mean, I'm hoping... We wanted it to be done by the end of March, but I don't know. I'm thinking more like May, right, Drew? I think that we can get our, our uh, picture locked by that time. By March? Yeah. Ooh, I would love that. And then, you know, then there's sound color, mixing and color, color correction and yeah. all that. Of course. And stuff. But it's, it's cool because, I mean, we've been working on it for three years-ish, and we... Shoot till we ran out of money, and then raise more money, and then shoot till we ran out of money. And so we have about an hour, an hour, ten minutes of the film already cut. Everything that we've already shot, we cut. Drew and I cut it together, mm-hmm. um, and so we have it. We, we've been going as piecing yeah. it together as we go along. So we don't have a ton to do, really. Yeah, and I think it's it. You can see. Uh, the progress in the film like it's so like with with every time you, you get more money you get more people involved you get all this talent that you were able to meet uh throughout these years mm-hmm. and you got a lot of people on like you met your one of your producers when they became an ad one one round and like all this stuff and you saw that they were better off helping you build the yeah film. definitely mm-hmm. um and I think it's cool. I mean, I think that this process, I, for me, it's been a really good process because it, you, you know, this film has taught me a lot 
and cool. for, at a, as far as filmmaking and stuff like that and editing with you and like I know every director is different and I like the way that we work together because we have um, I guess we've worked together for so long now that mm-hmm. we've kind of connected in a way that we can get things done you know yeah well we get how how the other one works and we know how to communicate maybe if I would send a certain email to someone else to be like what the fuck are you talking about but you're like oh yeah, yeah no problem I got it yeah um, and I, I absolutely agree with you that as this project has moved on and evolved, that we've become, you know, you know, we found our superpowers. I think we we saw what works, we saw what didn't work, and we, um, you know, got new crew, got rid of crew that that wasn't really, you know, gelling with us anymore. Sure. Um, we became better filmmakers. I know I definitely became a better actor. I became a better director, better producer as well. Um, and there was a there's a period of time, maybe a year and a half, two years, where we weren't filming anything because we just couldn't yeah. get any money, and it was driving me fucking nuts because yeah. this has been at the forefront of my mind since its inception. You know, yeah. um, the, I'm like, this is what I need to do. I can't do anything else in life until I finish this. So for the for that time, for those two years, I was just going crazy because I just felt really locked in and and almost a slave to this. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but that time made me, and I'm sure you know Chelsea and, and everyone who was really directly involved in it, very much appreciate the film and appreciate the process and become better in our skills and 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 hone our skills, you know. And yeah. and I think that it, we're stronger for that. And yeah. so I'm I'm grateful for that now. Although during that process, I was like, oh, "This is terrible. <laughs> I hate this so much." Like, why can't I just film? Why can't I just why? get it? Done? Yeah, but it's. I think we're better off in the end for sure. I, I definitely think you're better off in the end because you you wait until things were right. Yes. Oh, I'm hit. Look, one beer. I guess it's because it's eleven o'clock right. in the morning, right? Yeah. I was like, let's do this at. A, it's probably twelve now. Like, let's do it at eleven because Drew and I are editing after this. Yeah, we, we, got, we, we actually we're working on the hard side of the bed right after this podcast. Yeah, and we tipsy. So if you see a part of the film that looks a little strange, it's because <laughs> we yeah, were drunk. Uh, just just one little part, Drew. I mean, the whole thing. Mm. <laughs> mm. No, it was fun though. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Pat got to work on it too. That's, yeah, I came in helped out a little bit. Um, that's when I realized that you were real. Yeah, no, that was actually besides Drew's this apartment, which is this is our first non in my apartment. Yeah. Uh, podcast that we've done. Hmm. It's just kind of weird because my sh- my shit looks like a fucking war zone right now. They're redoing yeah. our whole complex, so it's like, what are they doing? Nothing, to it? everything. They're like renovating the, like the making whole place, even the inside. But it looks super cute anyway. No, it's cool, but they're redoing every single thing besides the bedrooms. Yeah, like everything: new lights, new floors, new fucking sink. It's annoying, but it's, then again, afterwards you're gonna be like, Bye. "Oh, I'm gonna be psyched." Gonna be psyched. But, uh, he loved doing the dishes, <clears> but <throat> he hates doing the dishes in his sink. Yeah, I had this like half sink. But anyways, uh, so <laughs> anyways, so yeah, that's why we're we're at Drew's place right now. But that, that was the, this is the first place we met. I met you for like two seconds, and we Brenda were here. This. We were here at Drew's housewarming. Yeah, and I don't know that I met Pat here. I yeah. literally was walking out, and you walked in. I was like, "Oh, hey, you, I'm I, real." Bye. Because you, you said, I said you met Pat, and you were like, I don't believe you. I don't I don't believe you. What? So, it was kind of funny. So, the visible friend thing, uh, we've been in contact about her side of the bed, and I was like, yeah, I'll come home, out if I have some days that I can. And you were like, all right, cool. 
So let's prove that you're real. So let's prove you're a real human. This isn't a robot emailing me. So, uh, so no, it's just me with, an, with another ID. <laughs> that would I'm be made up a whole. That would life. be for real. I made up a Facebook, a wife. Yeah, like I have a whole oh, life. Yeah. He takes like a like a it, a broom it, with a bucket uh, it, like as its, it's head. It's like a full project. Right? <laughs> he has like a whole a whole like case locked away with just, just his alternate ID. He learns how to throw his voice. He's like, it's me, Pat. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So oh, I, I yeah. came and we. we we uh, we worked a little bit on there, and then it was cool. You had a cool crew at that time. So Thanks, man. And then after fun. that, the crew sucked. No, <laughs> no. From my whole time, I think there was only like what one one person that got dipped out. <gasps> really? That. Yeah, I think I think that first shoot, somebody got left in the dust. Who? I don't even know who he's talking I can't about. Remember, but I, I think it was behind like the scenes drama. Something mm-hmm. happened, and then they were an aspect or something. Oh damn! But any besides that, uh, everyone was really cool. You had some mm-hmm. cool locations. Thank you. It's supposed to be Brooklyn, right? It's supposed to be Brooklyn, well, New York, and Brooklyn, but New mostly York? Brooklyn. Okay, yeah. Cool. So we had to fake cool. LA for for New, New York. York, which is normal. Yes, and um, and actually, three years ago when we first shot, we went to New York <laughs> and shot. We're like, yeah, let's do this, and we were we were New kids Orleans. then. Yeah. Uh, but we got some good stuff. We shot on the um, on the train when we weren't supposed to. That was yeah. cool. Uh, that was cool. We, we did that. Yeah, we shot on the train, and um, we were just going to do the camera, but then we got a little bit bold. We took out, you know, our, our boom, and then someone whipped out a light panel. So we were, you know. Yeah. And we see these two cops, you know, walking down the train to us. These, they're just, like, strutting towards us, and we're like, oh, shit. We're like, hey. Oh, by the way, I see this one officer's name is Officer Sass. Ooh. Ooh. Officer Sass. Ooh. And um, and he goes, I kid you not, he says verbatim, he goes, yeah, you can't be doing that because of terrorism and shit. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can't be holding yeah. big equipment because of terrorism and shit. So we're like, oh, sorry, Officer Sass. So we get off and we just, <laughs> we get on another train going the opposite direction and we just did it again. Just did it again. It was fun. But yeah, when, when Pat was on our set, I mean... It, he was a production assistant, but in real life, he does much more than that. And you can tell that he's very good, very responsible, very hardworking, um, just really an Aww. asset. Oh, no, true, an, an asset to our set. And um, and that's when I that's when I was like, okay, you're real now. <laughs> you're real because you did something. You're a real boy. It's yeah. like a true Pinocchio story. <laughs> yeah, that was legit. Yeah. Um, oh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it's always cool, like, the... When you get out here and you do work, there's usually like two two realms you either fall in. You either do films or scripted TV. Mm-hmm. That's like the same group. Mm-hmm. Or you'll do everything else, which can range from like fucking music videos, commercials, to reality TV. Which is cool, but either one's cool. They, they both have their, their pluses and minuses. But, like, luckily, some people get to jump back and forth. And I've talked about this before, but I've been lucky enough to do both. Yeah. Which is weird, because not a lot of people do that. They have their circles, and they stick with those circles. Mm-hmm. But I say, fuck a circle. So... <laughs> fuck a circle. You do say that. I, yeah. see, I see a circle, and then I fuck it. I do. Yeah. That is literally... Yes. And that's how babies are made. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know. Uh, <laughs> Good thing you guys have a woman on your show today. True, I'm teaching true. you a lot. That's why, we got that, that's why we got that, uh, what is it, an R next to our podcast saying oh, yeah. it's, 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 right. it's bad. Ooh, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Restricted. It's bad. Quick six are it bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's cool. So, it like, bad. jumping back and forth, like, this thing I, I just got off of, I had to leave 
her side of the bed to work on this other thing. Boo. I know, it's a boo, and people were, were bummed on me for a sec, but it was... But if you I make, had to. I had to. If like, you're making 300 a day, you, yeah. you're going to have yeah. to. Do it. It was not even a thing. It was like... What project was it? Do it? Well, it's actually... You might be interested in this. So it was a um, LGBT community Q&A with these, like... YouTube people. I'm probably breaking, breaking NDAs right now, but uh, it's all good. I'm not going to say anybody, <laughs> well, but that's basically what it was. It. Yeah. yeah. So it was like LGBT community, and it was crazy. Like, we were filming with, I don't know if it's proper to say, but with drag queens and trans people and both sides of the gay community, guy sure. and girl, and it was just like... It was nuts. I didn't know how many different kinds of lesbians there are. Oh, yeah. At all. You were telling me there's like 10 different types of lesbians. Yeah. This chick that um, that was on there was telling us all about like, oh, yeah, there's this kind, there's this kind, there's there's a hundred footer. I didn't know what that is. What's that? Know what I don't even know what that is. A hundred footer is a lesbian you can see from a hundred feet away. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Huh? Then there's a lipstick, chapstick. There's all sorts of fucking lip gloss. There's like all sorts. Guys, yeah. I have my chapstick right here. I'm going to put it on. Oh, you better go full lesbian. Lesbian. I know. Well, you know what I think about... weird. <laughs> you know what I think about sexuality? Hmm. It's like, yeah, there's probably ten kinds of lesbians. There's probably a bunch more because yeah. I think, you know, we as humans, we try to take things and we try to put it in a perfect little box with a little bow on top and we want to define it and be like, this is what it is. But there's so many different shades of gray and so many different shades of gay or lesbian or bisexual or whatever. Yeah. And um, we like we try to define it, but it's just like, I think it's almost indefinable, really, because, I mean, I, I, I won't get into it, but like, I, I don't know. I don't know how to define my sexuality. That's what I'm saying. You right? know? And I mean, I think that... I don't want to say too much but about your thing, but, like, uh, Earth Side of the Bed tests a, a little bit of those theories, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's it was it was cool. It, like, and going back to all of that about, about the movie is, like, it's cool to be able to jump back and forth, stuff like fun projects that the homies are doing, and then, like, going to stuff that you need to pay the bills. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, just like you were saying about you guys ran out of funding, you obviously have a job. You had to pay for it. Yeah. So you do something you want to do and then you do something you have to do exactly exactly yeah. i wish they would call me back into work and that's why i'm here today it's because they didn't call me into work <laughs> well, there you go yeah <laughs> but you know I, I work in commercials um yeah for for my day job yeah. and i'm making budgets and i'm crunching numbers and i'm doing research and it's not creative but it's it's interesting and it's in the industry and i'm learning a lot but mm-hmm. um yeah so that actually goes to our next topic we want to talk about women in film Ooh. um so, first off, being, have you, seen, I mean, obviously we hear a lot about discrimination and stuff like that with actresses and stuff like that. Have you seen or experienced uh, discrimination uh, being a woman and working in this industry? So far, nothing overt. Um, I mean, that's happened to me, like, you know, you can't have this job because you're a woman. But, I, I mean, the production company I work at, we have 15 directors, and they're all male. Yeah. It's stuff like that, you know. And um, I was, uh, last year, I went with Drew to, um, to this festival where his short film, In, won Best in Show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you, you know, you go, and, and 10 people come up to win awards, and one of them is a female. It's stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
So nothing, nothing really overt. It's kind of, it's kind of like attitudes. I was talking to one of the directors at, um, at my work, and he has no problem talking to all the ladies who work at the front desk and flirting with them and staring at their tits. But then um, my boss was like, "Oh yeah, Bryn's working on a film," and he like wouldn't even look me in the eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's, and that's the thing. Girls deal with it. Girls, women deal with it all the time, and it's never that obvious so it could be really easy to miss if you're not experiencing it Mm -hmm. you know and it's just kind of subtle attitudes because you someone would have to be a real dick to be like you're a woman i'm not going to hire you for this but they just like won't hire you you know or they won't pick your project or or whatever and so stuff like that yeah well i'm not going to call anybody out but when when we worked together before I, I know you've come to me at times and just felt like they were patronizing you, but a, a, like a male figure that was less like less than the director, under the line of the director, which you were at the time, you felt that they kind of would like try and tell you how to do your job. Oh, really? Who? Wait, whisper in my ear. And oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There you go. It's um, I do find that actually... Not super often, but um, with male actors. Um, as, a, as a female director, sometimes they don't want to listen or they, or they interject and they, and they give their opinions like, well, we could just do this or just do this. And, and he kind of steps in and, and says yeah. something that the director would say, which I don't think that they would do if, okay. if it was a male director. Yeah. This is true. I feel that way also with... Like an almost an age discrimination too. Like if you are working with an actor who is older than you, like I have, yeah, they tend to feel like they need to tell you how to do your job. Like I did a music video, and I'm not going to say who it was, but it was a it was a pretty famous actor, and he was basically kind of directing, you know, whatever. But he was very respectful of me or whatever. But he knew more than I did. Sometimes you have to find that balance, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I want to accept your feedback because I'm working with you. But also, I want you to trust me, and it's hard, because it's, it's almost like an insecurity. Like, I felt insecure because I was directing somebody who was, one, more famous than me, two, older than me, and has been this, in this industry. And more experience. Yeah, and more experience in the industry. So it's just like, it's like, but this is my time. This is, this is me. This is my job. I mean, I, I felt that way uh, on a few jobs where it's just like, okay, let me do my job. Don't tell me how to do it. I, I trust me. There was a reason totally. why I was hired. Yeah. There was a reason why someone... Ch- Put me in charge of this. You it's know? De- yeah, it's definitely similar, and and at that point, you know, that's happened to me with a couple male actors, and and um, it's because they think that for some reason that they would they would do a better job than you. If it's because you're female, if it's because they're older and more experienced, if it's because they're a dick, who knows? But at that point, you kind of have to set your ego aside. Being a director, it's not about ego at all. Whenever I direct a project, it's never about me. It has nothing to do with me. It has to do with the project and whatever best for the project. So if this actor wants to step over me and kind of step in and say things that a director would say, but I still get the performance out of him that I want, then I'm going to let it slide. And I'm not going to say anything because although it does bug me a little bit, it's not about me. It do, you know, yeah, yeah. And that would just be taking away from what we need to do. Um, and it's funny because I've never, ever experienced that with, with female actors and on every set that I've ever been on, I've had a female actor take me aside and go, I want to work with you again. I love you as a director. You are an actor's director. I feel so comfortable with you. And it's, and I think this is, you know, just a symptom of, 
you know, this low-key kind of sex sexism that that's just in our yeah. society it's just there and it's and it's like i said if you you can blink and you'll miss it yeah. and and as a guy you won't notice it because sure. um you could you could be directing and and that guy wouldn't say the same thing to you that he did to me he mm-hmm. thinks that he can that he can do it better and it's just kind of something as a female filmmaker that you have to decide how you want to deal with that i i choose to swallow it if it's something like that if it's something if something big if someone's a disrespecting me and being a dick i might say something but if it's you know if i'm gonna get the performance out of them that's the main thing let's let's roll with it it's not about me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean there's i mean there's so much there's so much more obviously this is like this is a whole i mean this topic we can talk about this for now it's just scratching the surface, really really the surface because like there's like when jennifer lawrence came out and said you know i didn't get paid as much as my co-stars and the movie she did with Bradley Cooper and all that stuff. Yeah, or uh, the other thing with the, uh, what's her name that plays Scully in X Files. Oh yeah, got offered half of what uh, what's his name did. Wow, it, it, really? It's, it's, it's things like that that seems strange. That's like fucked. why? Why? I mean, it's the same job. Yeah, like, it's why? the same exact job. Maybe even more so because uh, you know if, if um, like Jennifer Lawrence is definitely the number one star, so like why wouldn't she get paid more? You know, I, I don't exactly. want to go into that because I, I don't really true, understand true, true, that true, situation. True. I mean, there's I mean, but there's good examples though of, of chicks in film like just doing everything. Like, um, did you guys see there was a recent um, special? It was about um, what's his name Manson's Lost Girls. Did you see that? It was, the title was Manson's Lost Girls. Oh, no, I didn't see it. It was, on, mm-hmm. it was actually on Lifetime. I would like Lifetime's to, stepping like their game it. up. All right. I would direct a I'm Lifetime not movie. I'm, not, I, I'm into that. Dude, I did not, I'm not <laughs> even playing. Like, me and my wife watched this shit the other night, and it was like, it was Charles Manson. It's based on him and the crazy-ass cult that he had up, in, sure. you know, really close to here, actually. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. But anyway, um... It was about the girls that he basically brainwashed. Convinced, yeah. Yeah, so it was like four of them, four main ones. One of them is kind of telling the story, but a woman directed it. And to direct... The performance that she got out of the dude that played Charles Manson is nuts. Like, nuts, nuts. So you know how people were surprised about the the kid that played the... um, the drug addict in Fear of the Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. People were psyched on that guy. He's getting roles all over the place now. He's good. I like that kid. So, if this guy doesn't get just everything after this, it's going to be completely surprising. Yeah. I'm dead serious. This dude is creepy as fuck. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, hell no. I don't even meet this guy. I want to check it out. I have a weird obsession with with Charles Manson. Do you know, you, uh, Drew p- played me a song that he, like, he would, he would compose music. Did you know music? that he recorded with one oh. of the Beach Boys? I didn't know that. He was trying to be a musician. I think um, I it was that. Dennis Wilson. No, I yes. think, yeah. Yeah, because I used Yo, to love you, the you in it. Yeah, oh, you I in it. it. His best song, Look at Your Game Girl. It's so it's good. So good. It's so, so good. It's weird because some of the Beach Boys are in this movie. Not the real Beach Boys, of course. Okay, I want to check it out. Good, <laughs> but, uh, good on you, Lifetime. I will be yeah, checking this out. Yeah, good on Lifetime, and they're bringing out like, more shit. Like, they're trying to be like... Uh, what is it? Who, who does uh, Walking Dead? A and E or uh, uh, AMC. AMC? AMC. Yeah, they're trying to be like that. You know, AMC was bullshit until until Mad Men and really, stuff. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of shit in there. So it's I'm saying like it, there's I think there's people that are up and coming 
I mean, and just haven't haven't gotten that publicity that they need. Oh, everybody's like, got to start film. somewhere. That's what, that's what I'm saying, though. Is like there's there's good women in film. Like there's really talented people. There's it's just it's true. It's just it's been a a boys club for so long, and it still is. But this is one of the reasons why I love the internet because mm. now now's a really great time for women. You know, we've we've come a long way. I mean, we this wasn't so long ago that we couldn't vote. You know what I mean? And it wasn't so long ago that women had to get married at a young age because they wanted to get out of their house, you know what I mean? So that they could be a wife to someone. And so it's it's getting better. It's you know, just like the, the civil rights movement wasn't that long ago. It's getting better. It really is. It's not it's nowhere where it needs to be, but it's getting better. And I love the internet because there's a community of women. You can talk to women from all over the world and share similar experiences and garner strength from that and know that you're not alone in your experiences. Like, hey, do you deal with this fucked up weird sexism shit every day? Yeah, me too. Oh, that sucks. And and yeah. and people were afraid to speak out before because you feel like you're alone. And yeah. now you have this huge community that you never had before. And I love that. I think it's great. That's good. That's, mm-hmm. dope. That's a so, good quote. That's dope, yo. Yes. It's your girl. It's your girl. Dope as fuck. <laughs> By the way, um, just women in film, one more thing. Jill Soloway is amazing, and I love her, and she's the best. She she does transparent. Oh, writer, okay, director, cool. creator. Mm-hmm. Um, she's incredibly talented. I love what she has to say. And she, um, she had this really great article. I, I forget what, where the interview was, but she talks about women directors. It's like, how did we think that... How did men convince us that this wasn't our thing? It's it's dolls and feelings. You know what I mean? When you're a little girl, you got, you're playing with dolls and you're yeah, and it's yeah. like and emotions and and it is. It's like we've I've been I've been directing shows since I was born. So, by the way, I directed Check my it. first play when I was eight years old. I'm just saying. Kill Damn. It. Speaking of when you were younger. Damn. <laughs> right into our props. next topic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Speaking Uh-oh. of being a youngin. Uh, the nine zero two one zero. This this actually connects. To our audience a little bit. Does it? Because you you, you probably don't know this. (laughs) So you went to Beverly Hills High. I did. Right? The 90210. I did. As they say. Yes. Um, Beverly Hills High is quite possibly one of the most famous skate spots in the world. It's it's good for skating. Oh, I know. You don't got to tell me. (laughs) Oh, he knows. He's seen every every skate video. I can tell you who did the tricks, where they did them. When what year it was? Why don't you write it down? He's a skaterpedia. He's a skaterpedia. Anyways, so there is a set of handrails and stairs in the back lot, or no, the back part of the school. It goes a rail with a stair, then a little space rail with a stair. It's probably one of the most famous things in any. You could look at probably any skate video ever, so nice and that. find that. It's nuts. Are we talking about roller skating? No, we're not. Kill yourself. What if I just killed myself right now? No, no, keep the podcast going. This would be the most amazing podcast of all time. Oh my god! And then she killed herself. Straight murder. She murdered herself. But yeah, so you went to the school. I did. In what years? Well, what year did you graduate? I didn't graduate. What year did you? Go. I was expelled. Well, there you go. We're going to talk about later. <laughs> when were, uh, all right. Well, uh, fuck, I don't even know any of this. All right, so, so, uh, <laughs> so you went to this school and it was kind of dope for skating. 
So, <laughs> so your experience was... No, 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 no. I, got, I got this, I got this. Alright, so 90210 is a very famous zip code, right? Everyone knows 90210. Yes. They know about it because of uh, the show, Beverly Hills High School, you know, whatever, da-da-da. So, the most famous zip code in the world. What I wanted to know, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is what was the difference in that show and your real-life experience at the high school. Okay. First, I just want to make it clear that I did not grow up in Beverly Hills. I like. There's part of me that's just ashamed of, of being from Beverly Hills because... There's like there's a lot that goes with it. Like oh, oh, Beverly Hills. Mm, that's a you're so uh, oh, you're so mean. Whatever. I grew up in West Los Angeles, nine zero zero six four, and I moved to Beverly Hills when I was fifteen. When I was in high school, um, for the high school because my parents wanted me to go to a good high school. So it was not glamorous. It was a bunch of rich kids. Um, who didn't have anything to do because there's nothing fun to do in Beverly Hills. No. So it's just kids with a bunch of money who who were just kind of assholes, who did a lot of drugs, who were entitled. And you know what's interesting? I never met a bigger group of thieves. For as much really? as yeah, for as much as uh, you, you got a low battery, Patrick. That's all good. We're almost good. For uh, as well to do as a lot of these kids were, mm-hmm. um, you couldn't leave your purse alone in a really? room. Really? And I think it's because... they're bored? I think it's because they're bored, yeah. I think it's because if you get everything that you want all the time and you don't ever have to work for it, like, what's the next level? You get... Yeah. It's like... Oh, you know, my parents didn't buy me a car until I was 18, but these kids were getting, like, Escalades and shit on their 16th birthday. And so if you get an Escalade on your 16th birthday, what else is there to look forward to? Nothing. you got to get excitement somehow. So, like, oh, there was a lot of cocaine. There was lots of drugs being done. Did any of your classmates have a sweet 16 on MTV? Oh, please. Please. (laughs) Please please please. tell me there was. No, I wish. I really wish. I did. You know there was one in Memphis? There was. I yeah. There was, I think for my 30th birthday, I want to have... A sweet uh, 16. I want to have a quinceanera, or I guess a trentiniera. Yeah. Slash Ooh. bat mitzvah. Slash... You never had a bat mitzvah. I, bachelor party. Slash bachelorette party. I... No, bachelor party. Did, I didn't... Because I'm a man? No. Oh, why? Because <laughs> we'll have everything there. Okay. Bachelor we can have parties it. are not limited to anything. A bachelor, A wet-hot bachelorette? Uh-huh. Um, in in England, they call it a stag do. I like, I like stag. I should have called it a stag. stag party. A stag do. No, but it's a stag do because you stag do it. Do? And for for a woman's, it's called a hen do. Ooh, hen do. I don't. <laughs> no, it's not Hindu. Oh, hen-do. It's not it's a Hindu. <laughs> what's that? What's that elephant god? That Hindu god? Gana- Hindu. Ganache. No, uh, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. It's Ganesh, you guys. I was making a joke. She's fucking. Um, <laughs> Two beers in. Uh, uh, so, what were, what were we talking about? That's <laughs> talking your about, Facebook group for that should just be like, yeah, slash yeah, this, slash this. Oh, my quinceanera. Oh, oh, I was bat mitzvah. I was not bat mitzvah when I was 30. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish in ethnicity only. The, Jewishness is an ethnicity. It's also a religion. My parents are both atheists. We never practiced Judaism. Um, we had a, a Christmas tree, and we called it a Hanukkah bush. I went to I went to what? <laughs> <laughs> it had tinsel and snow globes on it, and popcorn, and like all that. And we called it a Hanukkah bush. Hanukkah and bush. I went to a Jewish day school, and and Judaism is actually pretty fucking cool, you guys. I just have to say. It's still, I have but some um. Cousins. 
Do I? I said I have some Jewish cousins from there New York. You, I so. like that. From yeah. New York. Yeah. New so, York. so it's good, yeah. but we were never, ever religious. We never went to temple or anything. But um, And so when I was 13, I did not have a bat mitzvah because I was Wiccan that year. Uh, that year? <laughs> that year I was Wiccan. Hey, man, there's some people. <laughs> hey, cheers on that. What is this? Someone commented. Oh, Who uh, knows? What are you? What am I? What are we all? You know what I mean? I like, know. what is anything? Oh, as you guys always know, I mean, we're what is life? live. <laughs> <laughs> Live on Periscope all the time, Quick Sixer. Uh, Bryn looks like she's about to be on number three. I'm on beer number three. There you of go. Six. Just kidding. Um, so, so I didn't have a bat mitzvah, which is a, kind of a bummer because all you have to do is learn some Hebrew, and then your parents throw you this fat fucking party. And there's usually like a dance floor and a DJ, and you play games and. There's like, you know, sometimes they make like t-shirts for you that are tie-dyed. I know this is the 90s when, when we were talking oh, about. Oh, I was like, um, <laughs> and, was like, oh, well, dudes. And food and yeah. stuff and people give you like checks and presents. So I didn't have that. But my sister and I went to Birthright two years ago, around this time actually, Birthright? two years ago. Yeah. If you're Jewish and you're between the ages of 18 and 27, you get to go to Israel for free. Uh, really? For a week, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ten days, That's actually. Bullshit. I want to be... Can I, can I be converted and go? You could have, but you're too old now. God damn it. So, <laughs> bummer. Right. Um, no, there are people... I'm sure there are people who have picked it. But my sister and I went, and then they said, hey, does anyone want to get bar bat mitzvah? And we're like, yeah, we do. So we just kind of learned a... a a Jewish portion of I don't know I don't know we recited some shit but we were bat mitzvahed that's kind of dope in Jerusalem nice. Ooh. it was dope the homeland in the homeland and um, you know in Jewish religion you're not technically a man or a woman until you've been bar bat mitzvahed so, so my, you were so a two woman. years ago almost to the day I became oh, a woman. she's a lady you're technically I'm a lady. Yeah. You are so all the a ladies. Woman. Oh, you're not single right now. <laughs> all the ladies. Um, all the ladies. <laughs> so before you were a woman, you were a child actress. Yes. She was a child until two years ago. Was a child. You were a child. According two years to Juice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, According to Juice. Yeah. So juice. technically not in the 90210 because you would hate to say that you were from Beverly Hills. So um, <laughs> yes. you started. Who got you into acting? Your dad, your mom? Child acting? Yeah. Oh, they had nothing to do that I wanted to act. They, yeah. It's not that that they were like stage moms and dads trying yeah, to push me into it. The worst. No, yeah, no, it, it was nothing like that. I um, I did plays all the time whenever it was school was out, summer break, or or school s- plays. Um, I did school plays, and then I went to, like, camps, like, theater camps. Oh, okay, cool. And I loved doing that ever since I was a kid, when I was really young. And, and I just loved it. I loved performing. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, my, I would make, my sister and I would choreograph dances, and we'd, like, do it in front of my full-length mirror when I was when I was a kid. It was just, it was fun. And I, getting it. I loved it. And I always Backstreet wanted boys? to be Backstreet Boys. No, we were more sync girls, to be honest. There you go. What's up, Justin? NSYNC is here. So, um, I always wanted to act. I loved acting. And um, so I, I kind of begged my parents. I was like, let me, let me be an actor. This is what I want to do. I, I was probably like nine or ten years old, and I was like, I was like, I want to do this. I know that this is what I want to do for life. Mm. Let me do mm. this. And so I was taking classes. I was always taking classes, not because they pushed me, because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, so I took uh, some classes at this place called John Robert Powers. I think it's probably one of those places where like. 
they just kind of take your money and they don't really help you. This is what it seems like. But I took a lot of classes there and I enjoyed myself. And then I went to a, a acting and modeling competition in New York with my mom and dad. And I really loved that trip. It was nice. It was just me bonding with my parents. And especially because I was kind of a problem child. I remember this being like a really nice time mm-hmm. in my life. You're the only child? Uh, no, I have an older brother and a younger sister. But I was the middle child, and I mm, acted go. like it. Yeah, and nice. um, and so we went, and then I got an agent through that. And for a year, I acted professionally. So when I was eleven, I acted professionally, and I booked three national commercials, Ooh. and um, I did a staged reading for <laughs> for a a script that became a movie. It was called Mean Creek. By the time they produced it, I was too old to play the character that I played mm. in the stage reading. But uh. and then we did I did a stage reading for um, Dennis the Menace the musical. Oh, I, oh, yeah, shit. I was Margaret because you know I was like this little girl with these big glasses. And then and I was in three national commercials and I loved it so much. And um, it's it's funny because I would go on auditions all the time and you know you go on a ton of auditions and rarely do you book something for I don't know what the ratio is but it's a lot to a little you know Mm -hmm. and um, my mom would ask me she's like how do you you know I'm 11 years old she was how do you deal with the rejection and I said just so simply I was like well you know I just wasn't right for the role yeah. I'll, maybe I'll be ready for the next one. So you understood at the time. Yeah, yeah and it's like, and it's funny because that's before you get into being a teenager and you're so self-conscious and, and all this stuff. And, and I was a kid, and I didn't really take it personally. And a, an adult couldn't really understand how you don't take it personally. And it was just so simple. Like, no, I'm just not right for that role. But that's, that's fine. Good. Next one. Something else will come. You know, yeah. Like you, you'll do exactly. Like, something, I mean, that, something else that you'll be right that, for or whatever. Just that probably clarity. helped out your directing now. Like, just knowing that at a young age, well, like you're yeah, probably like, oh, well, somebody comes in to audition for whatever you're doing or whatever. If it's not, like, a friend that you like, that their acting style or whatever, mm-hmm. you'd probably be like, no, you're not. It's hard because I'm a very good. empathic person. I mean, I, you know, I <sighs> we were on set the other day, and it was a night shoot, and we're trying to, like, wrap up, and it's 4 o'clock in the morning, and the the the... The floors are very thin, and the people below us are probably sleeping. And Pissed. and someone drops a light, and I look to him, and I'm like, "Dude, come on, please!" And he was like really upset by me calling him out on that. Yeah. And that just like lived with me for two days, you know. Yeah, that's happened to me too. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I wasn't being a dick to him. I was just like, "Please be careful." But then, you know, when I saw him back two days later after our break, I was like, "Hey." Hey, how are you doing? Good. Okay, cool. Are we okay? Yeah, it's it's. I'm a I'm are a very and I think how are we still friends? You should like me. And it's not and it really isn't necessarily about him liking me. I just want him to feel good. You know what I mean? I want people on yeah. my set to feel good. I want them to work hard. Don't get me wrong. It's not like just slack off and just have fun all but, day. But yeah. But that, like, that mentality when everybody's happy with each other, that makes for a better set. That makes for a better, uh, you know, work relationship. I and think all this so. Stuff. So, like, it's, it's good to have people liking each other. One, that's, that's awesome. But there has to be somebody in charge or else you're not going to get anything done. Exactly. Back. Totally. And, I so, mean, yeah, we, we, had people, we had people in charge. I was in charge in a certain way, and then Bailey, our producer, was in charge in a different way. And, and but... I always yeah. would would talk to my crew like like they're people and regard them as humans and we could joke around but then yeah. if we're short on time we need to get something done it's like okay what are you doing your job come on no, definitely. and I've heard a lot of horror stories about directors who work at my company just you know treating PAs like shit and yelling at them and so there's worse. and there's no reason to do that there are times on set where I get frustrated mm-hmm. and I get upset if someone's not doing their job and we're behind because of it and 
and I've I've raised my voice, but it goes something like this. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I know I'm in a bad mood right now. I'm sorry, but someone's not doing their fucking job. Can somebody please do the job? I'm really sorry for how I'm acting right now. I don't want to behave like this. I don't want to behave like this, okay? Pretty accurate. At least you're acknowledging that you're acting that way, and that way they can say, okay, well, she knows what she's doing, whatever, da da da. Exactly. That's the thing. Um, I mean, there's, there's tons of times where that's happened to me. Like, people have been like, Ah, well, this your so and so PA isn't doing this. I was like, look, let me fucking deal with that. Yeah, you don't fucking you don't deal with that. That's my job. Don't do it at yeah. all. And I mean, it's cool. Like, I, I mean, your your set was pretty chill compared to a yeah. lot of shit I've been on. Where people just like I've seen PAs cry. Oof. I've seen PAs file sexual uh, what's it called uh, sexual harassment harassment charges on people like it's like my set isn't a good set unless someone cries and files sexual harassment dies. Or, and dies hopefully and they die. dies and oh, breaks uh, this, is, this is the this is and the root of <laughs> all of my PAs I want all my PAs to um, to cry mm-hmm. then file a sexual harassment suit get fired yes. do heroin and then die and, and then that's and that's then, a successful set and then they sue the company Oh no no because they're dead. So Post mortem. They, they can't. No, you can't do that. Can't do that. I, that's their, not. Their family I like that. does it. No. Um, to back yep. Sorry. To backtrack a little bit. I yeah. do. I do have a question about shot acting that I wanted to get to. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, uh, apart from shot acting, there's not really jobs for children except for like eliminates eliminates Dan or maybe mowing your grandmother's grass. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like how. Like working, that mentality of working when you were younger. Like, did you see this work? Did you did you feel like, oh, oh shit, I'm making money? Like, actually, yeah. I didn't necessarily see it as work because I I liked it and I wanted to do it. And in terms of the money thing, I mean, my family was comfortable. You know what I mean? I'd say we were like upper middle class, and so I wasn't left wanting. If I wanted something, you know, my parents where maybe they. Uh, they had a deficit in like emotional support they would buy me shit you yeah. know what i mean so that was never really a problem the money my pa- my dad put away for me in a in an account and i used it to buy my first car actually i think in total i made about $14,000 from those three those three commercials in the 90s and that was it. And I mean, that's not talking about all the money that they spent on me to go to these competitions and to buy sure. my headshots and stuff, but um yeah I never saw it, I never saw it as work. I I liked it. It it gave me it gave me purpose. I felt like this is what I wanted to do and I was doing what I wanted to so do. This was like your form of like going out and like playing with your friends. It was like this is what you wanted to do. This, this was, was your I, form of playing. This is what I wanted so, to do. As a so, kid. so now looking back on it and knowing that it's a job, knowing that you were doing something to make money or whatever, how do you feel about it now? Like do you think that it helps you in in your work mentality now? Um, because you're still doing what you love to do. You're still making films. You're still, you know. I think it helps me in that um, I got to be on set at an early age, and I liked and I liked being on set. Being on set was cool. Being on set is a very unique beast. And and anyone who hasn't been on set, and if you're curious, you should be a PA, do something, get on set. It's it's unlike any other job, and I and I love that, and I love the energy, and it's just, you know, it's a bunch of people and professionals, and you're working, but you're creating art or you're making something you're making a video you're making whatever and so that's that's really cool in terms of like child labor or whatever it's different for me because i was not forced into acting by my parents i wasn't doing it to feed the family so if that were the case it might be different but 
it, it wasn't ever that for me. It was just, I am interested in commercials and movies and all these things and making videos. And when I was a kid, I was making videos all the time, you know, yeah. at, at home. And so just to see people doing this as their career, I thought it was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's dope. Dope. Um, it's dope. 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 It's, so it's, it's dope. Let's talk about Utah. Okay. Okay, so I think... Before you get into Utah, oh, hold on. Okay. Biggest turnoffs. Yeah, yeah. Just just if, real quick, we talked about this the other night when we were talking about doing this. Biggest turnoffs, one, two, three. Just go. Just go. Biggest turnoff right now. Go. Biggest turnoff, uh, uh, bad breath. Uh, <laughs> uh, <coughs> pretending like you know more than you actually do. Bro, you uh, only get one. You're go. Bad breath is pretty bad, but I have so many. I can't. Okay. Um, Small dick. S- n- no. Um, <laughs> before I get to the dick, it's not good. People, people who take themselves too seriously mm-hmm. is one. Oh yeah, that's terrible. That's yeah. Terrible. Nothing is that serious, and be able to laugh at yourself. Nothing's that serious. God, we're breath. so similar all three of this. We should I was all literally date. too what? serious and bad breath were mine too. Yeah. Bad Breath was, I wasn't even on my list, my but worst. now that you mentioned it, because it's like, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think about anything physically, fucked actually. I like fucked up teeth. I Ooh. fucking hate it. Here's the thing. It's my biggest pet peeve in the world. If it's like, if they're like dirty teeth, if they're rotten teeth, not cool. If they're, if they're like crooked, I love a snaggle really? tooth. A guy with a, a, a guy with a, a guy with a snaggle tooth is like so long, fucking hot Like a long, a long fang? No, like a, like a, a oh, long no. fang and no, like a renegade tooth. You want, you want this? Yeah, I want that. I want a renegade. God damn it, Brent. No. <laughs> I want a renegade tooth. I have one. Um, my you have can- a tooth? My canine teeth on this side, they're they're pointy. And on the side, they're not. He shows his hands in my you mouth. Don't, you don't. You don't. They've been in the sink. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. This one. And, and my and my dentist was like, do you want me to shave those down to make them even? And I'm like, no. I like my pointy I tooth. I like my one point tooth. <laughs> it's all good. My hands are okay, clean. Okay, can I talk about all my other biggest turns off? Yeah. Turns off? Yeah, you can talk about the turns, turns off. Turns off. Turn it off. Turns down for what? Okay. Turns so, people who take themselves too seriously, people who don't have a good sense of humor. Terrible. Um, what else? People who are mean. Like, you just, you don't need to be mean. There's absolutely no reason. Mm, yeah. Um, pe- Unless they're insecure. I think that's why they're mean. The well, boy judges people a lot. I think... Do it. That's not an excuse. Yeah, I'm just saying that's why they do it. I think I think you're absolutely right. If people are mean to you, here's some advice to our listeners. If people are ever mean to you, it's generally not about you. It's a it's a it's an iteration of what they the yeah. relationship they feel with themselves. It usually has nothing to do with you, unless you're a dick. Maybe you should take a look in the mirror. I don't know. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, then it's you. It's that you. We're talking yeah, about. Yeah, everyone we're else is an asshole. It's probably guys. you. Um, fuck you. Just, just in oh. advance. Yeah. Whoever loves me. Hey, yo, fuck you. And uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, yes, people who aren't nice. People who... Mm. What? That's just, just mean. I don't know. No, say going. it. Say it. No, go ahead. No, no, Pat, I wanted to say something. Pat, I, I don't not that you're a real I don't boy. Have, it's, not a, it's not really a turnoff, but it's like, I don't appreciate when people smell bad. I feel like that's something that everyone can fix. I, you don't smell it. I would have smelled it by now. It yeah. doesn't smell great. My armpit hair is so much better than yours. Thank you. Like, check it out. Like, you're <laughs> on. Let's compare. Oh, man, that's Ooh, good. That's a spread. It smells good, too. Yeah, go ahead. It does smell good. I smell okay. good in like general. True, yours is kind of. <laughs> yours kind of looks like an 80s porn star. <laughs> can, yeah. we all, can, wait, can, we, can we all show a periscope our armpit hair? Oh, well, no one's looking, but. <laughs> yeah. Mine's pretty good. I don't. You know, we can show that. We can show you two. She's, you know, she's rocking that feminism. She doesn't give a fuck. She don't give a fuck. 
Um, yeah. My wife he rocks the feminism. She she shaves her armpits or whatever, but because she, she likes to. Yeah. You know. I shave it every so often. It's just like a big. First of all, razors are expensive. It's true. That's. I mean, your boy. Look at this. Your boy. And when you shave, like for nice. a couple days afterwards, it's kind of sensitive. And like I have sensitive it's, skin. And you're just like. Ugh. Yeah, and it's annoying. My um, if if my boyfriend cared, I might consider it. If he asked me, he's like, "Babe, I love you, and I think you're gorgeous, and I don't mind your armpit hair, but I would like it if you shaved." Mm. I might consider it. If he asked nicely. Um, do you wear deodorant all the time? Because I don't. I do, but I wear natural deodorant, so it doesn't work. If I have to. So <laughs> but this kind, this kind I might, I only wear this kind if I'm going to be around more than one person. It's mm. not natural. Fair enough. It's regular? It's regular. But I have the natural in the house. I do but too. But then I, like, every other time, I don't even wear it. I kind of like my stink. I like, I know that it stinks, I but I like, I think it's good. good. Yeah, gross. Right? Like, my stink <laughs> gets bitches, if I get bitches. My, you know, like, my stink, you, my stink, your stink got never got. It did. It did. But then I, you know, I, I, I really, her. I really want to say something I'm not going Dude, to. Just go. Um, go in high school. Your stink got some dudes? No. Your stink got a girl. Oh, my stink may... No, I was like all about some... He fingered a girl in high school, y'all. <gasps> it's true on multiple accounts. But, I mean... Uh, <laughs> you got her. But, yeah, I got her. Got her. Got her. <laughs> Solid. But anyway, uh, no, no. Yeah, speaking of being bad in high school, God damn it. can we just get to Utah? Okay, fine. Yeah, we sorry. only have four minutes. Come on. No, no, oh, we, we only have three minutes. We can go to like one minute. Okay. We're good. We're good. Okay, speaking good. of being bad in high school, you yes. got Brent was out. terrible. You got Terrible, got as they say in Espanol. See in Espanol. Right? I got expelled from Beverly Hills High. Ooh, this is this is the juicy gossip. All right, so Brent got expelled from Beverly Hills High and her parents sent her to Utah. Yes. Utah. The so worst t- place. Tell us about Utah. Tell she, us they why. They try to convert her to Mormon. Tell us why, why like, Utah, Jew, why be Mormon, basically. Be specific. Okay. So, I got kicked out of high school because um, I was becoming more and more obstinate. I was not listening to my parents. I was selling drugs. I was doing mm. drugs. What kind of drugs? Um, weed, right weed and cocaine. Ooh, nice. And we would take whoever's prescription drugs we could get. Our hands on, and that led to some some scary experiences. That's Beverly Hills shit. Yeah, that's Beverly like Hills shit. Um, and so I got caught one day at school. We were, I mean, we were idiots. We were smoking in all of the school bathrooms. That's like proper during class. And Look, so, hold on, oh, I, I, this is one question. I'm sorry. Uh, I really wanted to ask. So Beverly Hills, we talked about there's coke happening because that's mm-hmm. a rich kid drug. Was there coke being? Uh, consumed, I guess you say, at school. Yes. Because like, because oh. like that was like a thing. I uh, when I was in high school, like, of course everyone's smoking weed, like in class, outside of class, parking lot, whatever. Yeah. And they're fucking. I told you guys it was our high school used to be an agricultural college, so we had. So a, we grew it, and then we smoked well, it. They literally owned a cotton field. So Ooh. people would go in the cotton field and go smoke weed. Oh, he, he like he gave me a look like. And you know what gets done in a cotton field. Yeah, because you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, yeah, everyone knows what gets done in a cotton, cotton field. field. <laughs> but anyway, no, uh, so that was for sure. Like, yeah, was that an in-class uh, activity or was that a we didn't bathroom do, activity? We didn't do it in the classroom, but we did it in the bathroom. And at first, we were very smart about it. There was um, 
uh, in a separate building that no one ever went to. There was a woodworking class, and we would smoke in the girls' bathroom in the woodworking class because there were no females in that class. So that bathroom almost never got used. So huh. me, my boyfriend, all like everyone, we would go and smoke weed in there. Mm-hmm. We used to we used to leave campus to do it, and then we just got more and more bold, and we would just smoke in every fucking bathroom. We'd steal an apple from the cafeteria, make Ooh. it a pipe, whatever. Okay. Yeah, we were so cool. Anyways, so... And I was selling weed to support my weed habit, and we were doing coke, and we were doing all that cool kid stuff. And one day in um, history class, it was our our midterm for history, and I got called out of class. They brought me to the principal's office, and it was my boyfriend's birthday that day, and I had a bunch of little bags of cocaine, and they searched my purse, and... They arrested me on campus, mm. and they took me to the station. Which is down the street. Uh, which is down the street, Beverly Hills Police Station. And, um, yeah, and then I was expelled from school, and my parents didn't know what to do with me. I mean, the reason I was so obstinate, I think, is because my parents never really disciplined me. And I think kids really do crave Attention. Uh, discipline. You know, the, mm-hmm. kids need boundaries. Kids need to know what's right and wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying that my parents are bad parents. They loved me. But it's just like you need to do the hard shit too, which is tell them no. And if they if they fight you, tell keep telling them no. It sucks, but you have to do it because then kids will walk all over you. And, and as a kid, it's a scary place to be, feeling like you control your parents. That's, That's also not a fucking weird. Yeah. No. So... So then I was expelled from school. They didn't know how to control me. They didn't know what to do with me. And so one day, I was 16 years old. I woke up. There was two strangers in my bedroom, and they took me to Utah. And These are cops. no, they're um, they're escorts. They work for the um, for I went to first. I went to a wilderness program, so I think they worked for the wilderness Whoa. program. Okay. So they take me to the. Um, to the airport and they fly with me to oh, okay. to Utah and then they they gave me new clothes and a backpack and a tarp and and all this shit and I just they take me drive me two two hours into the West Desert and to be Rambo to be Rambo okay Brimbo and I was there Brimbo. I was there for two months <laughs> and we we camped in the West Desert we made our own fires we made our own backpack out of wood and tarps we made our own oh, um, we made our own shelter out of out of tarp and and rope and it's actually pretty fucking cool actually and the, and uh we would have school once a week people would come and we'd, we'd learn things and we had therapy once a week they'd come and we'd talk and and we cooked our own food it was i don't know it was pretty it was actually pretty cool but kind of gnarly yeah but you're How there you? i was 16 and you're there for two months i think i was actually there for my 17th birthday and Fuck. yeah and you're there for for two months and Obviously, no communication of any kind with the outside world. You, you could write letters. We wrote letters to our family. Mm-hmm. And um, from the time I was there to the time I left, all the girls who were there when I first arrived, they had all left. Um, because two months is a long time for someone to stay there. And then afterwards, yeah. I was really hoping my parents would let me come home. They didn't. I went to a lockdown residential treatment center. And you do Utah because Utah is one of two states where they're legally allowed to lock you inside. Ooh. In a house? Um, this was um, like a dorm. It was basically? kind of like it was kind of like a dorm. There's there's three girls uh, dorms and three guys dorms, and it was very therapy heavy. You would have group therapy sessions. You would have personal therapy sessions. You would go to school. You'd do physical activities. You'd go on field trips. Um, but there's like a level system. You had to prove your, you know, you were doing system? the work. It, well, we had to go to to. Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous and shit so like that, like too. All the Anonymouses? 
all of the anonymous. We were pretty much just you were anonymous. The anonymous. I was the anonymous. I'm breaking my anonymity right now on this podcast. How long? But, hold on. The NDA can't be that long. No I, way. The uh, no no. I mean, it's just it's just for your She's own so anonymity. Anonymous. I'm not breaking anyone else's anonymity. Yeah, but my you're so own. anonymous. I'm so anonymous. I don't even know your name. Uh, I'm hoping that you'll blur out my face on Periscope and then uh, just, just take just out this section. This is black. Just for the section. Just, just, <laughs> just, just count this as this. Okay. This and right and you'll just take out my name. This from is this what podcast. Ren looks like for two, three months. It'll be her side of the question mark. Her side know. of the anonymous. <laughs> so. Oh, she reveals herself. <laughs> So yeah, that so was a uh, that was a thing that happened. That's insane. That, it's pretty insane. So you were there for two two and a half and, months. And two months. Uh, look how it worked out. Because yeah, you're pretty now dope. Your dad's dope. You <laughs> you cool. are a successful filmmaker. You're doing what you love to do. That's a true story. You are able to make your own content. You're able to express yourself creatively. You have a job. You have a job. That's, right. That's good. Well, it didn't. I mean, I, I know we're we're over time on this podcast, yeah. but. I, so I was there. I went to, to Wilderness a little bit before I turned 17, and then I was there for two months, and then I was at, um, it's called Island View, the residential treatment center. I was there until the day before I turned 18. Jesus. And my parents wanted me to go to an after-18 place in Utah, where they were like, you go to college and shit, and I was just like, I, I can't. I don't want to. I really home. don't. Nice. So I came home. They were not happy about that. And when I came home, it was weird because... You know, you're kind of brainwashed in those places. You have to tell the truth. And if you don't tell the truth, people will call you out on your shit. And you get ahead by calling people out on their shit. And that's just not how the real world works. And so you're kind of conditioned to be in this weird space. So I was kind of fucked up for a little while. And then first I was like, I will not smoke a cigarette until the day I turn 18. And then after that I was back into old shit. And I was hanging out with really shitty people. And disrespecting myself and not doing cool things. And, um, and I was like that for, for two years, actually, after, after this place. And then I, I got into a relationship with an older man. Mm-hmm. He was 100 years old. No, he was, uh, <laughs> he was 31. All the time, he was 31, say. and I was 20. And I'm not going to say that he, you know, is the reason that I, that I got better, but he kind of, like, knocked some things into perspective. He helped me figure out some self-love that, you know, for myself, because I, I didn't really have self-love. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing the things that I did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't think, I didn't think that highly of myself, and, and that's why I was doing these destructive behaviors. But... But being in that relationship really put some things into perspective, and I grew a lot as a person, and then I kind of outgrew that dude, and I broke up with him. And I, and every year in my 20s has been really fundamental in, in shaping who I am as a human. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like every single year in my 20s, I've grown so much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you kind of really figure out who you are as a person. And then... Yeah, and then that's when I felt like I was comfortable to, to do what I wanted to do and what I love to do, which is to make movies and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a long, arduous journey, but uh, journey. It. Yeah, it was, and towards self-realization and self-love, which I, I highly recommend to all Ooh. of our listeners. Love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. That's a that's a great way to end. So hold on. Oh, no. Pat. Pat, come on. Just one thing. One thing. One thing. I don't even remember it. <laughs> He's drunk. No, no, no. It's good. Uh, we didn't... We actually, there's a few things we got to talk about. So, today's episode, we drank Blue Moon. We did. We forgot to talk about this, yes. No motherfucking oranges. No oranges. I was like they, by that. You've seen the commercial. 
They prefer oranges in their beer. I also prefer oranges. God damn it, Bryn. Anyways, uh, did you graduate high school then? I did graduate high school. You did? Yeah, in Utah, bro. Oh, so, yeah, okay, cool. I graduated at the top of my class. There's only two of us graduating. Fuck that other person. (laughs) Killed him. Oh, dumb. She killed the other person. Really? That's what happened. And then I killed her. Utah, you can kill people. Yeah, of course. It's okay, it's the wilderness. As long as they're one of your wives. Literally, wilderness camp. Mm -hmm. So, you murder, you know. Anyway, uh. They ate her flesh. There's there's a couple other things. Uh, so, Brent's story's pretty rad. Um,. Where can you find all of the stuff about you? All the stuff about me? Uh, check out... <laughs> too loud. That's too loud. I just want to throw it in Where can you find you? Hey, this is too loud. Uh, um, no, no. So, so her side of the bed. Her side of, her side of the bed movie.com. Okay? There's also a Facebook thing, right? There's also a Facebook, facebook.com forward slash her side of the bed. There's also an Instagram, her side of the bed. There's also an Instagram, her side of the bed movie. Check it out. We have all sorts of cool pics and videos and interesting things. And um, now, where can yeah. you find you personally on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, me personally at Bryn Waz. Check out my my Instagram too at Bryn Waz. Also, it makes me seem a lot more interesting than I really am. So I like to to tell people to cool. check that out. So uh, yeah, and. Um, so we had a lot of fun, I think. We did. This is I great. had fun. That's a great you did? You had fun for real? You had fun for real? I had fun for real. I, I can't speak for you all, but... Oh, Drew, you the, always fuck with my mic. The three <laughs> beers might have helped. I don't know, but... Three beers always help with any situation. Uh, Brandon, <laughs> I'm just going to let you know that from now uh-huh. on. All right, good to If know. you need to do anything, just have three beers three before beers. you do it. Last night I was having a hard time, but I only had two beers, so... Oh, see? That's why you fucked up. I fucked up. Cheer. Well, we did good. Uh, we didn't cheers today, actually, so we need to do... We did. Because, no, you did. Oh. Remember when you Pat put it. all of his fingers in my mouth? That happened. That. It was cheers. this hand. Cheers to that. Oh, that Jesus. dirty hand. <laughs> you disgusting motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's so. Very clean, actually. I'm a germaphobe. <laughs> uh, so, anyways. They uh, tasted delicious. They probably did, but like salt, though. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about fingering earlier. Oh, <laughs> oh damn. That oh, pussy anyway. tastes like salt. Oh, okay, I'm. Nah, not, no. Oh, uh, not her. Oh, my God. Anyway. All right, let's, let's cut Wait, that let's out of the podcast. Completely <laughs> wrap that out. That was really. It's oh, not no. good. No, it's. In there Sorry, why? Uh, sponsored by by Baby Bell. Uh, not Baby actually, Lips. not. But not sponsored. It's good. We're gonna sponsors. So, great. We can find all your stuff on Twitter, Instagram. We're gonna post this all in the comments or the show notes. Thanks, rather. guys. You can find your boys at Drew Pasley. D R E W P A S L A Y. Your boy Pat Artist at P A T underscore A R T U S on basically everything. Uh, submit your questions and comments, whatever. Rate, Two. subscribe, all that shit on iTunes at quicksixerpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I, we got a lot of shit in store for the rest of this year. Bow. Including this one. We didn't think this one was coming through this early. Oh, uh, yeah. We got, we got we, this we, one coming through. We were pretty through. psyched about that. We got some more special guests coming soon, and we're excited about them. Yeah. We're going to return to our original venue probably next week. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Thanks for a until, quick Niner podcast. Until then, bah, love you. Bah, 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 good girls.